Well, greetings from Grocery Shop. I'm Jamie Tenser here for Rethink Retail. I did have a conversation with Daniel Lin, who's the founder of Storkey, and also is doing something tremendously innovative in Sweden with small self-service grocery stores that are located in rural parts of the country. Tell us, how did you come to this, to this business plan? That's a good question. I Especially because I'm not a retailer and never been a retailer myself. So the idea really came from removing friction in stores and seeing this trend of online e-commerce booming and physical stores hurting and really see the kind of major retailers out there trying to figure out on how to bridge the gap between online and offline. So, so we saw that in back in 2018 and wanted to build up platform to really help retailers achieve uh, digitalizing their physical stores to better control them and, and be able to operate them. So is it, is it true that the number of grocery stores in Sweden has been declining in recent years? Well, How did that factor into this? Yeah. Uh, so, well, so what happened was it really back in the 90s where the larger grocery retailers were looking at, uh, into the U.S. And, and they saw these big box stores of Targets and the Walmarts. And they replicated that and did the same thing back in Sweden. So they bought cheaper land and an industry lot, big box store. And then they looked at their store footprint and saw that all of these small local stores that we have in our chain are less profitable. So they closed shop. So more than 40% of the stores actually closed during the 90s. So it's something, a long transformation that's been going on. Now I definitely see the pendant has shifted. Uh, now even Target has mini-me formats and mini-stores. And uh, so we're definitely shifted back. But that led to that we saw that there's this, this big need of local service again, of just being access to groceries. And uh, so even in Sweden, where we're creating food deserts, where you had small towns and rural areas where you couldn't buy groceries. And you wouldn't think about that when you think about a country as Sweden, right? Uh, Certainly not. So for us, kind of coming up with the technology, we thought that, how, why don't we just start our own store? We can... Right, well, this is important to say. So you're, you didn't start out as a retail company, but a retail technology company. Yes. And so to, to prove this works, you actually opened a, a, a demonstration store. Yeah. And, and what, town, what town is that in, by the way? Well... Well, the, the town is north of Stockholm, like an hour outside. We wanted to have the first store close by if something would go wrong. <laughs> but, and, well, the, the thing for me was, was interesting was that instead of us just building technical features and, and what have you, like smoke and mirrors and, you know, you know, stuff that we would think retailers would need, yes. if we become our own retailer, we would get to know the platform the hard way. We would know how to build a better campaign structure, how to optimize processes around inventory, you know, everything. We can do that as a retailer. What we didn't know was that opening up a first store became this huge success um, no. of people loving it to be able to shop groceries in their vicinity again. So that led us to open another store and another store. And before we knew it, we were Europe's largest kind of unmanned grocery store chain, had more stores than Amazon. And so we became a retailer for real. <laughs> so, so a number, did you say it was about 30? Yeah, 32 stores. 32 yeah. stores. Wow. So that's, that's a lot of, so, so, so this leads to so many questions for me. For starters, 
what's the shopping, um, what's the shopping experience like? Is this a fully automated, uh, experience for, for, for shoppers and just walk out kind of thing? Right. That's a great question. So when I look at autonomous stores or frictionless stores, they have so many names today because I think it's a, a, a new thing. So they have many names as for now. If we touch on one concept would be like Amazon just walk out, mm -hmm. which will be camera tracking. It has its pros and cons. And I love to address them. <laughs> what we have chose instead of is leveraging what we all have in our back pockets, which is our smartphone. So we put everything into the phone. So the whole POS system, the ERP, the, everything is in the phone through our app. So then you can access a store. It could be an unmanned store. So it could be closed. So you open the door, accessing through the app. And then the shopping experience will be that more of a scan and go type of shopping experience. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the phone will be centered to the customer journey. And why we pick that rather than camera tracking is because we want to have a communication with the customer. We want to be able to communicate with the customer at point of purchase. So for, to me, that's super key, especially if you have an unmanned store. So if I only have cameras, I can only track. I, I collect a lot of data, but there is no way for me to tell the customer that or help the customer by telling them that the milk is way over there. Or, you know, if you scan this soda, it's part of a bundle offer. So I can drive sales. Absolutely. Uh, right. So, okay. so that was really key for us and also gives us a potential to help other retailers. They don't have to retrofit anything. We can just convert a store within the hour. The only thing we need then is the, the list of items and price, and then you're live. And so that's really the, what we prioritize and, and, and when we choose what way to tackle, what we both want to tackle, both us and Amazon is frictionless, cashier-less stores, but we do it in different ways. So you don't really need to add other technology to track inventory. You use what's already there what came in the back door, what goes across out in the mm -hmm. transactions. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, uh, and obviously there's replenishment runs to each store. Yeah, of course. Uh, and again, I mean, nuts and bolts of retail are, I, I often say there are a certain cornerstones in retail, right? So, so one is like understanding what's my position as a store in the ecosystem. What, what type of store am I here? Uh, the other one would be margin control, yes. right? Um, and to have margin control, you have to really know what's, how your back room looks like and what's on shelves and really work with shrinkage levels and all that. And so we do all that as well. Uh, another one would be for the retailer, which is really, really important is to be relevant. And when I say that is to be relevant in what type of assortment you have is, is really key, obviously, but also relevant in what you communicate. So how do you market yourself and what do you market? And to make that a real success, you have to collect data. There's no retailer that's going to survive that just guesstimate what to communicate, right? Sure. Um, so all that said, the Storekey platform addressed those cornerstones and helping the retailer. But as you know, there are so many different verticals within retailer. So a hardware store have their, their friction and their issues, uh, a florist shop or a grocery have their their own. So, so, so for us, it's more of a, how do we understand their problems that they have? Because someone could be adopting store key just to 
minimize staffing costs. That could be one reason. They want to increase profitability. Another one could be to be able to uh, communicate with customers or drive top line. So there are different kind of ways to come in. So you envision the store key platform as one that is universal for retail, but the specific implementations are going to be focused on the needs of the channels themselves. Yes. And so, uh, so that's, that's very, it's big ambition, right? And uh, so grocery was, a, was the first opportunity. Is it possibly because of the experience already with, with just walkout technology at Amazon? It's kind of seeing it done. Yeah. Well, we, we picked grocery for two reasons. One, that we saw there was a gap in the market, yeah. right? But also to illustrate the platform and demonstrate the, the strength of the platform, there is no other retail vertical that's tougher than groceries. With that. And so if I can demonstrate that we open a store in the middle of nowhere where hardly no one lives, sell fresh produce, and I'm not even there. I, I manage the store from remotes. If I can manage that, I can take care of a shoe store. Really? Um, or, or I'm thinking of the other applications or, or a, an airport shop, which has been a big discussion. For, perfect for, for a, use case. Right, perfect. For, uh, for autonomous stores. Or, but there's probably numerous other situations that it, Lends itself naturally. Absolutely. So, uh, very well. Merchandising is different. Some of the, the rhythms, if you will, of the business are different. And yet the, uh, the, that fundamental of the experience where the shopper is able to, essentially that phone is, it's the key. Yeah. It's the, it's the transactional device. Yeah. And um, obviously it's the way that they receive messages, offers, feedback, communications that helps uh, contribute to the experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, if, if we, I just look at retail overall, it's such a big industry uh, and it's kind of overwhelming in a sense. What we try to focus on is kind of the customer experience when it's 10 items or less. Mm -hmm. So that's perfect for us because it has more of the of kind of the convenience driven part into it. It's going to go fast. It's accessible. Because we can have a pop-up store, we can have a big box store. As I mentioned, it doesn't matter because there's no retrofitting needed. But 10 items or less, that would be perfect sweet spot. And if it's a book or if it's cauliflower, it doesn't matter. Very well, very well. So the, the, the stores uh, in Sweden, are they, are they more comparable to convenience stores as we have here in the U.S. versus full-line supermarkets? Is that a fair comparison? It, it's, it's a fair comparison. Um, However, we have the ambition to be an Ellipse brand. We have the ambition to be a full service grocery store. Well, so we want to stock everything that you will typically find in the grocery store. Right. So everything from the, the diapers to hygiene, to fresh food, uh, yeah. vegetables and poultry and what have you. So, so that's still the ambition, but we also know, depending on now with the experience of running these now for four years, that each location won't be the primary store for that customer. They might travel to a larger city where they work and they are, you know, accustomed to pick up their groceries after work. Yeah. So then our store will function as a backup store, more driven to convenience. And the beauty here being all data driven is that within a few weeks, we already know from a new establishment what the store will lean towards. So then we can alternate and, and change the you know, sort. And so we have a mix. So the further you come out in the countryside, the more of the vegetables and, and the meats will have. 
because they don't have the option. It's a longer trip to go back and and uh, and fill their pantries. Yeah. So this really is a, it's a real service for those Absolutely. individuals. Yeah. So it's well, it's certainly well understood in in developed economies that many shoppers assemble their best solution for their pantry with several different store trips at at different frequencies for that latter throughout the week. So uh, it's a very so when you when you build a store, it's really good to be able to monitor and understand its role in, in those households. Absolutely. Uh, and then obviously can allow to merchandise, price, and get the right offers. Yeah. But fantastic. Oh, marvelous. So what is next? Uh, I, I gather you have ambitions perhaps that are a bit broader than just in Sweden. <laughs> yes. So uh, tell us about that. Well, it's just super exciting for us right now. Uh, we announced that we were opening it up the platform, the store key platform to other retailers as little as nine months ago. And we have already, you know, so, so many stores onboarding uh, right now, uh, which is awesome, definitely in Sweden. But we are opening up two hospitals in Ireland. So hospitals being their cantinas and, and concessions and, and, and that stuff. We're opening up uh, stores in Italy uh, the next quarter and also in Japan. So for me to open up an autonomous store in Japan, it's, it's, it's a big thing because they're the country of vending machines. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Um, so for them to uh, make a trip to Stockholm and to check out our platform um, was really great to see. That's, that's very, well, I'm thinking of the convenience stores I visited across Japan on several visits. Yeah. And I can imagine how they, they might really cotton to uh, the idea that we could have some just woke out technology in many of those stores. Absolutely. So, uh, so that's, a, that's an enormous opportunity, clearly, for your solution. Yeah. No, very much so. And, and I think in, across the world, retail is so interesting and it's under this huge transformation. It is. And what I get back to all the time is no matter what type of retailer you are, coming out from the pandemic, people didn't know how many will come back to physical stores, right? We all get, had a kind of a guess. Turns out that we all had, were wrong about it. Because the people that came back to, to physical stores was actually Generation Z, the younger kids. They came back more to physical stores than the older generation. And nobody would have kind of guessed that before. Counterintuitive. Yes. So the younger generation, though, they love physical stores. They have a different shopping pattern, different behavior. They know what they want as they walk into a store. They do all of this research before. But as they walk into a store, if there's friction, they would leave. They don't even understand the notion of standing in line to pay. So retailers know this because they already stand for over 40% of purchase power today. So within the next five years, they'd be the majority. So if you don't adapt as a retailer to meet the demands of this generation and generations to come, you're going to be out of business. That, that's just a hard truth because the competition is just too hard. Well, that's the perennial challenge for retail is to serve the shoppers the way they want to be served yeah. or the, sometimes it's the several ways they want to be served. That's what exactly. the channel is all about yeah. um, and not to build a system and try to get shoppers to conform to it. Correct. Which is, I was deaf now for any retail and, and long term. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's marvelous that you have those, those insights are being reinforced now, I gather with your market experience. Absolutely. And, and I mean, we work closely with technical partners like Microsoft, for instance, and, yes. and we say it all the time. There's no one size fits all in this, right? So first of all, understand your customer. So we talk about the younger generation. We have to understand how they w would like to shop. Yes. But 
to your point, that person might want to have this seamless, frictionless shopping experience one day. The next day, they want to go in and chat with the person because they want to ask a question, right? So they want to have a different experience. So th there won't be just one solution that will cater to everyone, to every retailer, to every customer. You have to have a palette, right? Oh, well, one one uh, aphorism I repeat often, all shoppers are split shoppers. Yeah. They're split among usually several retailers when it comes to people households properly stocked, but also different kinds of shopping missions that vary over time. It's one of the massive challenges in the grocery or the food, drug, and math channels, especially. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, like you, it's what makes it fascinating to me to, to follow this industry. And, yeah. Uh, so. It is super interesting. Uh, and coming, kind of being the new player on the block, uh, the new guy, what's frustrating in a sense is that most retailers understand this and they invest a lot of time in kind of digitalizing themselves. But often it, it's a separate kind of silo. It, it's kind of an innovator hub within the company. It's not the whole company that understands that we have to make this transformation. And then they sit with a legacy of other platforms. So what we just said was that they have to have different options and different solutions. And time, yeah. But what they have is systems that don't talk to each other, right? So they get, right? So they gather a lot of data online. They get a, tons of data from physical stores. The paradox is that they do that when the customer is leaving because you identify yourself with, with a loyalty member as you walk out. But they collect a lot of data, but that data doesn't work together, right? So that's really the, the core issue and the core problem that these retailers solve. I often wish that they could just take that metal POS box and just toss it out because <laughs> they will be way you know, better off in a year from now. I'm sure it would work great for a store that was only just walk out. Absolutely. For grocers that have a customer base that wants to fulfill their missions in a variety of ways, it probably feels a little scary to, to, to discard that yet. Yeah. That, and, that's the, and that's the journey we're on. Right. That's the transformation we're on. And how I see future retail is not unmanned stores. We are not pushing unmanned stores. We're saying that if you have a location and you want to sustain in that location, you have to cost control. Yeah. And, and staff is a big cost driver. So then you have the option to go unmanned. Or you have a location where you have staff, but you can extend open hours increase the service level, right? So you can have that on band. And the third option will be regular opening hours, but a hybrid mode. But let the, the technical platform such as Storkey do the heavy lifting for the staff when it comes to everything of inventory control and all that, and have your staff work the floor instead and not be static behind the couch. That's kitchen. a big conversation in the industry that intelligent use of automation yeah. should be taking the drudge work away off the hands of staff who are very often yeah. over, overloaded. Yeah, staff uh, order is just reason to do the things that really are more high value when it comes to the shopping experience. So that, 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 that I think you'll probably get a lot of heads to nod about when you talk to retailers. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I, I go to the bottom with it and I say, like, what type of person wants to work in retail? Well, a person who loves this, this you know, be a serviceable person and help customers. That's why they they apply for the job. 
but most times they find themselves doing other tasks than just helping customers. Uh, so it's, it's kind of backwards today. And I, I see the future of retail being really, really strong, a blend of online, offline. So you get that halo effect and store staff, again, helping customers uh, and do what they love to do. And that, that's how I see retail in the future. But if you don't adopt and, and get on this train, you, you won't survive in five years. That, that's the hard truth. Well, that, that's a cautionary remark, I think, for the industry. I, I think this is a fascinating conversation. Clearly, uh, uh, it makes me want to go to Sweden and see how you're making. Oh, maybe I'll have to go back to Japan. Yeah, you're more than welcome. More than so uh, so I, I want to thank you so much for taking time to, uh, to talk about uh, this business model. Is absolutely a story now I want to follow. I have a feeling our listeners are very likely going to want to do the same. Thank you so, uh, so much for having So for Re- Rethink Retail, I'm James Tensor. And thank you very much for listening. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show some love by subscribing, reviewing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.